All right, welcome to this week's holiday episode of Business Wise. This is, of course, a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. And today, we celebrate the joy of the season, the winter solstice, that much of humanity, at least in the northern hemisphere, seems to celebrate as the sun stops its descent below the horizon, and we experience the shortest day of the year, and then the sun kindly makes its way back to us. The word solstice, indeed, comes from the Latin word for sun, sol, and sistere, to stop or stand still, solstice. So when the sun stands still and starts coming back to us. The Christians, of course, uh, celebrate the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Jews celebrate Hanukkah, a festival of lights to commemorate the recovery of Jerusalem and the rededication of the Second Temple. Many in the African-American community celebrate Kwanzaa, based on African harvest festival traditions from various parts of West and Southeast Africa. Just before the solstice, the Hindus have their own festival of lights in Diwali, and of course the Buddhists celebrate Bodhi Day on December the 8th, which commemorates the day Siddhartha Gautama, the historical Buddha, attained enlightenment under the Bodhi tree. The Islamic New Year is around this time as well. But any way you slice it, it is generally viewed as a time of peace and goodwill and a time when many take stock of their lives and contemplate the future. There was an extraordinary film released in 1946, and uh, probably many of you have seen it. It's called It's a Wonderful Life, starring the late, great Jimmy Stewart. And it's one of the most beloved Christmas films and is also considered to be one of the greatest films of all time, actually. It has been recognized by the American Film Institute as one of the 100 best American films ever made. Strangely enough, although it was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, it initially received mixed reviews, and it was uh, unsuccessful at the box office. It did not even come close to making a profit in its initial release. But after its copyright expired in 1974, it became broadly distributed and now sits at number one of the American Film Institute's most inspirational films of all time. Now, the story of the success of this film is probably very fitting when you consider the story of the film itself. It tells of a business person, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, who, after a lifetime of sacrifice for the good of others in his family and community, faces a prison sentence for a crime he did not commit, or for which he is basically framed by the villain of the piece whose name is Henry Potter. So on a Christmas Eve, uh, he stands on a bridge over the freezing river running through the town, which is the setting of the film called Bedford Falls in New York, contemplating suicide. But his plans are disrupted by the plight of a man by the name of Clarence Oddbody falling into the river. And as an honorable man who puts the plight of others before his own, he ends up rescuing this individual who turns out to be an angel seeking to earn his wings by answering the prayers of those who are concerned about George and are trying to save George's life. So 
the angel then shows George, after, of course, he's been rescued from the river by George Bailey, he shows George his life in retrospect, all the lies he touched with his good and heroic deeds. And, what, you, know, he, you know, he saves his brother's life. He, he makes all these sacrifices for the town. It's, it's an amazing story, actually. And shows him what would have been the consequences if he had not been there and the kind of person to make these sacrifices. So the world George sees without him in it is indeed a dismal one, fraught with sadness and oppression. And it gives George a new sense of worth and purpose. It revitalizes him. And the story goes on to a happy ending where the townspeople that George had sacrificed so much for come together to replace the money that George had supposedly stolen, but was actually in the hands of the villain, Potter. And he is reunited with the woman who loves him. And he is referred to in a toast. You know, there's a scene where there's this toast to George and his younger brother, Harry. Uh, whose life he saved, you know, early on, toasts him as, quote, the richest man in town, end quote. And, of course, Clarence, the angel, earns his wings. But he also leaves a message for George in a book he gives him. I believe it was Tom Sawyer. And he inscribes in the book, quote, Remember, George, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings, end quote. So uh, let me point out an interesting and very valuable insight being presented by this film. George, played by James Stewart, is not the richest man in town, at least in terms of money. The richest man in town is played by the greedy and evil Henry Potter. He's the guy, the villain, who's actually hiding the money and framing our hero. And who would have transformed Bedford Falls, this is one of the things that that George sees in the alternative life if he had not done the things he'd done. Potter would have transformed Bedford Falls into Pottersville, which is portrayed as an unsavory town occupied by sleazy entertainment venues, crime, and callous people. So what is the message of this film, then? Perhaps value and success of one's life is not measured in money but by the number of friends one has and by the lives one has impacted for the better. And indeed, these are points continually returned to by L. Ron Hubbard. Not that money is a bad thing, but that it is not the single measure of a man or woman's success. In fact, in the last interview given by Mr. Hubbard to the Rocky Mountain News on the 20th of February, 1983, he goes into this, and I quote, I think one of the most vital measurements of a person's life is the number of friends he or she has. And when you count them up, don't forget to count yourself. He goes on to say, Accomplishment is measured by the achievement of one's intention, and achievement gives the individual a feeling of personal worth and value. I want to remind you that the rehabilitation of George Bailey in this film is on this rediscovery, as illustrated by Clarence, of his worth and value to others. just want to point that out here because we're encountering truth here. Truth is truth wherever you find it. And here, you know, we have this extraordinary movie that was not a commercial success, 
but somehow has permeated our lives and still to this day is being played over every holiday. And what is that message? And what is the message that Mr. Hubbard is giving here? I'll just go over it again. Quote, accomplishment is measured by the achievement of one's intention, and achievement gives the individual a feeling of personal worth and value. Goes on to say, get a person to believe they have worth, and you will see them come alive, because most people today become convinced that their lives are worthless or without purpose. Give a person purpose and worth, and you give them life and future. Well, I guess that's what Clarence did for George, right? And then finally, he says this, quote, When you understand the source of aberration, when you understand the game, when you regain your worth and purpose, you have gained more than the world. You have gained the stars and beyond. L. Ron Hubbard, 20th of February, 1983. You know, I'm sure, I think I've even covered this somewhere in the 200 plus episodes we've done earlier in business-wise, but it's one thing to hear this data. It's another to read it. It's another to live it. And I know that this communication, I'm sure, is inspiring to you. And uh, it's inspiring to me. And I guess I could say it's re-inspiring because I think we have to be reminded of this on a continual basis because this wisdom from Mr. Hubbard certainly punctuates the message of this Christmas movie. Now we can so aptly see its title is It's a Wonderful Life because this is the road to a wonderful life. And I want you to listen to what L. Ron Hubbard has to say about wealth as well. This is what he says. Quote, just like the average worker, his wealth does not lie in how many pounds he has as his British currency. So just like the average worker, his wealth does not live in how many pounds he has in his bank account or how many dollars he's bought war savings bonds with or something like that. This is all very well, very practical, all that sort of thing. But his actual wealth is his potentiality for getting work done. And of course, this means his potentiality for getting along with his fellow man. That's his wealth. He has 30 more years in which he can work, 30 more years in which he can earn, 30 more years in which he can associate with his fellows. It's interesting, isn't it? But that's his wealth. Alan Hubbard. This is from a lecture, 22nd of October, 1955. It's called The Road to Perfection, The Goodness of Man, if you want to look it up. But it's also uh, certainly a message that aligns with the holy spirit of goodwill and peace that we can associate with our fellows and work together towards good and survival objectives. And then I have one more very special holiday message for you from Mr. Hubbard, one he addressed to his many friends one Christmas years ago, and one that I believe has relevance to all of us today who are working together to learn and apply the technologies and solutions he developed towards the creation of better lives for ourselves, for our families, businesses, our communities, and mankind. So his message here is as follows, quote, The spirit of Christmas lives with us. We are the protectors of the real tradition of Christmas, peace on earth, and goodwill to all. 
We are the hope of man, the only hope. Mankind's salvation lies within our hands. With our tech and ability, we can create here on earth a real heaven where men can be free. In our hands lies the power to restore to man his determinism and all that he finds good in himself, his honesty, his integrity, and the thrill of being of real help to others. A very Merry Christmas to you all, and a bright, friendly New Year. Alron Hubbard. And with that, I personally would like to wish you a very happy holiday season, whether you are celebrating Christmas, or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or Diwali, or Bodhi Day, or the Islamic New Year. Happy, happy holidays to all of you and all of our postulates here at YZ Stress for a very prosperous and successful 2024. Our next episode will be released in 2024, so I guess this is the last episode of Business Wise for 2023. Hard to believe we've done now four years of material. Not that there's any shortage of material from Mr. Hubbard, that's for sure, but that we have so many listeners and uh, the listenership keeps growing. Thank you very much for listening. Keep leaving us your comments or writing us at info at wiseeastus.org. And of course, give us a like if you like what you learn. So happy holidays, and I will talk to you again next year.